When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, Episode 27. This is Writing Excuses, Chapter Breakdowns. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And we are recording at the Writing Excuses Retreat. So make some noise, folks. There we are. We are in Mary's basement, and we are going to talk about Chapter Breakdowns. Specifically, um, we're going to talk about how we choose to intersperse our viewpoints in a chapter, whether we decide to stick with a viewpoint for a long time and do many chapters, or if we're going to do one chapter from one character, one chapter from another character, vice versa, that sort of thing. And um, I'm going to ask Dan. Oh. Because you have um, a... You have never done this. Brilliant mind. (laughs) Um, Missing tailbone. I am starting to do this more and more. The partial Mm -hmm. series expands its number of characters as it goes on, and so I just finished writing the third one, Mm -hmm. which is not out yet, uh, and that one has four or five characters with points of view who show up, you know, the main one being Kira, and she gets at least half the chapters in the book, but then we'll get things from Marcus and things from Sam and, and, you know... Some characters only get one chapter because it's important to see that scene from their point of view. Um, The way that I chose the frequency was I never wanted to go more than three chapters in a row without getting back to Kira as the main character. Okay, because she's the main character. Because I always want to keep the focus on her. And so I would break away and I would do one from someone and one from someone else and then straight back to Kira again. Okay, how many viewpoints are you doing? Are you juggling in this? Is it like six or seven or is it only... In Ruins, we're looking at probably yeah. six, or six or seven overall, though okay. there's at least two of those are one-shots. So your goal in that is keep the, um, ca- the reader's eyes and attention on the main character and mm-hmm. be jumping around. And then show the little pieces of the other stories as necessary. Okay. I noticed this for the first time as a reader before I even became a writer because um, I read the big, thick epic fantasies. And this is a big deal in epic fantasies because you've basically got the two options. You've got what Dan is saying where you're jumping every chapter uh, a different character viewpoint or you've got the, let's say, late Robert Jordan method where you will run into a section of like eight chapters from one character's viewpoint where you get a beginning, middle, and end for this character and then that's all you get from the book. Um, and I think they both lead to some situations meaning they give you they add certain things you can kind of you can but they also have their issues for instance the big arc of a lot of uh, of a character does give this sort of satisfying beginning middle and end it's like a little novella in the middle of your book which can be very cool the problem with that being when someone gets done with that novella they almost feel like they finished the book and i've noticed that when i read it, it gave me the sense of I now I can put the book down. My my character that I've just grown so attached to is not in the rest of this book, and I'm annoyed. 
because I don't get this character for another 500 pages till I get to the next book. Yeah, which is one of the things that I always notice with uh, when you're switching POVs is that you have to be aware of the cost of switching right. because the the reader not only invests in whoever they're they're reading, right. but there is a reset that happens every time you yep. break it a chapter mm -hmm. and, and every time you switch a POV. So you have to think about that and whether or not it, you're going to lose dramatic steam at that point by dropping, by, yeah. by switching. Right, right. Well, and there's another issue in this. Um, I did, uh, in Elantris, I've talked about this before, three characters, and I would do one viewpoint each. Strict rotation. It was just fun for me for the format. And what has happened with that book is everyone who reads that book picks a favorite character, a character they don't mind reading, and a character they hate. Mm -hmm. Every every reader, well, maybe not every, but most of the ones I've talked to. I hated and, all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what happens, and I feel like the form kind of forced that on them because they get really interested mm -hmm. in one. And since I'm breaking so quickly... Mm -hmm. they get annoyed that they don't get a real chunk from this character. It's like, all right, I've got to rush through these yeah. other two viewpoints to get back to my character. Um, and so that has that issue to it. But I think that that might be, in part, an artifact of, of writing in epic fantasy, which yeah. wants to have these longer things. Writing in something smaller, I tend to do thrillers and, and that mm -hmm. kind of genre, where you can use that uh, break as a form of cliffhanger to yes. keep excitement going. Right. So it well, that's what you gain. Instead that's of certainly it. what you gain. Yeah. In fact, even in Elantris, that's what you gain. Even, I mean, that's, that's like I said, they both have cool aspects to them. They also have drawbacks. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what you I gain. I think the drawback to the, the eight chapter mm -hmm. of one character is that if I'm not in love with that character, I'm done with the book. Mm -hmm. I, well, that uh, is a problem with the character, then. Oh, I know it. But if it's, <laughs> but well, but sometimes you are writing a character who, I mean, you need to write a character that we don't like. Yeah, but George R. R. Martin manages to do that, and you know, all of the Jamie Lannister scenes, which we should really not want to be in. That you like reading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he does jump a lot. He does. He's he's more in the Dan Thriller style, where his chapters, as I recall, it's been a while, but as I recall, are very short. Um, with from a viewpoint, and then they're always jumping to somebody new. You don't have ca chapters mm -hmm. often from the same character in a row. I'm just saying the risk is, yeah. uh, if that's if those aren't eight, you know, knock them out of the park chapters. Um, you know, I found I'm, I'm going to agree with that, but I found in the Wheel of Time what you gain from that is with eight chapters of just arc. When I sit down and say, all right, this is not my favorite character. I'm going to read these eight chapters by this character. He gets that chance to make me really like that character by the yeah. end of it. Mm -hmm. And what you find in some of these big fantasies is every he's the the author is able to make you really like that character by the time you get to the end of it. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to go back to the character I was just that I was waiting to read about because I've gotten involved in this story. Yeah, and that that is the thing I think with all of these is that you have to make sure that whatever you're jumping to, that the character that you're jumping to has something at stake and a reason for the reader to care about them and want to get back to them. Right. Yeah. That's, that's my, anytime I change POVs, I mean, understand, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't build chapters the way other people build right. chapters. Um, but I POV switch, and uh, often, well, and when I say POV switch, I'm usually writing uh, a third-person cinematic POV. Yeah. I'm not yeah. in somebody's head, right. but the camera is following a particular group of people. And I will follow them while they are the in interesting group of people, and I will follow them either until resolution or until catastrophe, and then I will cut away to something else that is interesting and compelling while I figure out either what they're doing next, 
Or, <laughs> right. Well, no, that's usually while I figure out what they're doing next. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. yeah. um, now, at the beginning, I said that I'm starting to do this more and mm-hmm. more. My first books were all single POV. Yeah. Uh, what I have learned going through this process is that as I build my outline, the switching tends to be focused on I need to remind the reader that this character is still here, mm-hmm. which is important, but it's also a horrible thing to base a chapter on. Right. So like Mary was saying, there has to be a compelling reason. So it's even though the real reason is I need to get back to these guys because I haven't in a while, you need to add an extra reason on top of that. Like, yeah. I haven't seen them in a while, and they're being eaten by And bears. they're in the book because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, like, yeah. you know... <laughs> Here is this important piece of exposition I need to deliver. You're welcome. <laughs> um, the thing that I do when I outline um, with, with a multi-character POV is that I go through and I do, um, I do a plot outline. So it's just, these are the events that need to happen. And these are the pieces of exposition that I need to get on the page. These are the things you need to know, the, the elements. And then I go through and look at each one and figure out who has the most at stake in that particular scene. And then at the end of that, I look at it to see um, kind of if, I, if I'm switching often enough between the POV characters. And sometimes I'll look at it and discover that, you know what, I only go to this person's POV like three times. So I just decide to not make them a POV character. And other times I will look at it and realize that I'm very heavy on one character in a chunk and that both characters are present, so I have to come up with a reason for the other character to have to something at stake. And that seems to be working to, to give me that balance and give me a reason to switch back and forth and actually makes the, um, the, the overall story more compelling, I think. Excellent. Yeah. Um... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Let's break for our book of the week. I actually am going to do that this this week because it is Brian McClellan's Promise of Blood. Brian was, um, you know, he took my class. I don't like to say he was a student of mine because he came into the class already as a great writer. Um, and so there wasn't a lot for me to do. He was already writing really, really cool stuff. And I, I said, this, you're going to get published someday. Just keep working at this. You're, he was one of the best students I'd ever had, talent-wise. And lo and behold, he went at it, and he is published. He has this uh, fine book out from Orbit, which um, I have read, and it is quite good. It is a flintlock fantasy that involves kind of this revolution and... Um, kind of this cool magic system where people actually use gunpowder, they ingest it, and it's, it's, it, it's very cool, and they're making the, the gun, the web guns do cool things. Uh, nice large cast of characters, and he actually starts his book with four different viewpoints, I believe, 
in four different chapters, which is really, you know, I often suggest people not to do that, but I actually liked each of the characters, and he didn't lose me. So Yeah, he pulls it off really well, and... And pulls off the gunpowder fantasy better yeah. than I've ever seen. It. Yeah, yeah, gunpowder. You know, for it's... a long time, gunpowder. Um, I like that they. I, who called it flintlock fantasy? Um, on the one, of the quotes on the back. I'm like, that's a great way to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, that was the kiss of death. But I think fantasy is broadening as a genre to the point that we are willing to accept a lot of what used to be non-standard um, settings, and it works really well in this. Head on out to audiblepodcast.com/slash/excuse. Uh, kick off a. 15 day, 15 day free trial membership. I forgot how long it is. It's been I so think long. It's a 30 day free trial. It's 30. We're 15 wow. minutes Wonderful long. number We're of days. We're 15. Yeah, there, there are days. There are entire days, weeks even in this free trial membership. There are details about it on the website. Audiblepodcast.com/slash/excuse. All right, so. I am so fired. <laughs> yeah, you're fired. Um, ha- second half. No, you're not fired because we don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> Second half of this podcast, let's talk about how we build our chapters. Um, and I just want to hear from the from the group. Do you um, write strictly chronologically? Dan, have you ever written by viewpoint in a large list? Um, do you break up your chapters as you're writing, or do you write one big book and then work out where the chapters go? How does it work for you? I do. I I write strictly chronologically. Um, I've tried writing things out of order and then shuffling them into the right order, and I, it just doesn't work for me okay. personally. And so you are building your chapters as you go? You're like, this is a chapter? Or do you ever, you know, say, fiddle no, with this? Or no, the, the way that I outline is that I uh, will have a, I have a list of scenes in the order that I want them to be in, and that, you, that inevitably changes as I write. Mm-hmm. But those scenes will usually end up as a single chapter each. Okay. But sometimes, you know, in writing it, I realize this is way too short or way too long to be a single chapter. So I'll combine it with something else or shrink it down. And do you ever move chapters around? Yes. Okay. I do, which I suppose is an exception to the chronological. Writing. That's right. <laughs> After you're done, Mary. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm similar to Dan. Uh, what I do is I've I've got the list. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do when I'm plotting it is that I will roughly break it into chapters, knowing full well that I'm not going to follow that or that okay. th- that chapter breakdown at all. Because for me, chapter breaks are really about pacing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's deciding where I want to um, either create suspense by you know essentially going to commercial, which is right. the, oh, we're at the end of the chapter. Um, or if I want to give the audience a rest, which sometimes you do want to do, mm-hmm. um, whether I want to come to an emotional resolution. Right. But basically, it's a pacing thing for me. So what I do is, as I'm writing, the only reason I break it into chapters in my outline is so that I get a rough sense of how long the book is likely to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see if, oh, you know what, this is going to come in really short, or, oh, I have too much in here and I need to cut a plot. Um, but then, as I'm writing, I, if I hit a point and I feel like this is the end of a chapter, um, you just do it. I just do, you it. just do it. You know, I, um, I'm like that, though I don't actually break into chapters. I don't have any chapters usually in my outline. And if I do, they are very rough guidelines. My, my chapters are, as I've said when I'm outlining, it's a list of goals and objectives from mm-hmm. various different plot archetypes that I'm sticking together and saying, okay, this sequence needs to happen, and I'll build a chapter out of it, and I'll start writing that. And usually, like usually meaning six times out of ten, that whole thing becomes a chapter, but usually, but almost as often it doesn't. I get like halfway through it. And I'm like, no, the chapter f- 
feels right like this. And yeah. usually it's sort of the, the sort of idea that you've mentioned with short stories that I've begun with this theme and we've hit this theme. That's a natural break point. We stop there. Or it's the now time to go to commercial because we've hit something really active, cool happening. Time to break there. So that we can, um, so that we can kind of heighten tension by having a new chapter start. Yeah. Um, I do move chapters around a whole lot, and I do write by viewpoints. I didn't used to, but now I've kind of have to. When I'm writing books this big, yeah. writing chronologically, I need to get in that ca character's um, head, and I need to write a complete arc for them, so that I can then know what I'm playing with as the backbone of my book as I um, as I plug in other chapters and things. Yeah, I can imagine doing that if I were going to write a. Chihuahua killer. Yeah, it was because of the because of the Wheel of Time, where it's like you know I've got um, eight main characters who all yeah. need an arc in this book, and if I try to juggle eight main characters, mm -hmm. that doesn't. I found that didn't work very well. I can juggle three and keep their emotional yeah. arcs completely in my head, but I needed to do the eight, and so I actually used to write all strictly chronologically. All the Mistborn books were straight chronological. Um, it was the uh, the Wheel of Time came along and, and changed that. Yeah. If I'm not writing mm -hmm. straight chronologically, I am throwing a screaming fit, <laughs> um, uh, and it, it's really only happened it's really only happened once or twice where I've realized that uh, there was a piece missing as I as I read through the scripts as I read that had, that I, that had art on them, and I looked at it and thought there is a piece of story missing and it's an important piece of story and I don't know what it is and I don't know what I did wrong and I ended up laying everything out, all of the pictures out on my game table and my structure is weird, you know, the, the seven day structure where Sundays are big and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday mm -hmm. are, are smaller installments and you know, this isn't something, this isn't a form that the average writer has to worry about, Right. but uh, but the lesson I think that, that you can take home from me is that when your form is dictating things, right. mm. um, you, you absolutely have to understand the form and understand how that works. For me, uh, the idea of a chapter is kind of artificial, and what's important is, uh, is really the scene sequel format. Right. Um, something needs to happen, we need to react to the thing. Something needs to happen, we need to react to the thing. I need to follow the character in the most pain. I need to follow the character who's best able to tell a joke. Right, um, right. <laughs> and it's, it's really, it's really kind of crazy. Um, but, I, but what you guys are talking about with regard to character switching and, uh, and you know, writing, writing the through line, um, I have to be able to write chronologically and I have to be able to cast ahead as I'm writing what I'm, you know, what I'm, what's going down now, I have to be thinking, all right, I'm going to need to switch characters really soon here, and I don't know who mm -hmm. I'm going to switch to yet, but I'm going to get this part done, and I'll figure that out tomorrow. Yeah. Now, we've, I, know, I know that we've, yeah, we're almost ahead. out of time, and we've been mostly talking about this in terms of novels, and I will say that right. when you were thinking about it in terms of short stories, that scene breaks serve much the same function as yep. chapters. Uh -huh. um, much smaller, but, but again, you have to think about that cost, and because you are dealing with much more compressed form, the cost is frequently higher for that switch, right. and proportionally. So you want to generally switch less often, you want to and mm -hmm. you want to s switch to, you want to keep your viewpoints down much yes. more so. Yeah, it, it is very rare that I will write a short story that has more than one POV. Um, I will do it in novella occasionally. Mm -hmm. um, you got mad at me because my, uh, my novella had an extraneous viewpoint one time. 
that one person that you jumped in, you're like, that's a novel thing. That is not a novella thing. It's, yeah, it's not because it, mm -hmm. and it, it, you know. Yeah. All and right. Then, We're going to give you, <laughs> we, we still, we still have a disagreement over that well, scene. It, it probably doesn't belong, but. Um, <laughs> all right, we're gonna. I'll I'm gonna give you a point. writing prompt. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a writing prompt. I actually want to do a slightly different writing prompt than normal. I want to send you to an outlining writing prompt where I want you to outline a plot arc, and then I want you to break it into some chapters. Um, and I want you to do this with two different characters. So you're gonna write two different plot, arc, plot arcs, and I want you to interweave them and just kind of look at that, interweaving the chapters and say, what will this do to my tone? What will this do to my pacing? And then put them in two big chunks and say, what does this do to my story? What does this do to my, my novel if I were to do it this way? And just try to imagine, if you can, through your outlining, what different advantages you would gain to your plot by trying those two different things. All right? This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Oh, um, hang on. Should someone turn on the applause light? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.